Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, NFL Draft fans, this is awesome. It is time for the Combine. It is underway. You know, I I am recording this Monday night, February 25th, 2019, and the Combine starts tomorrow. Now, I do understand the first couple days of the Combine are usually boring, but on the field, workouts come much later, and any football any speculation that we can get is incredible. So this is a great time. And what I've decided to do today, I wanted to take a break from my positional breakdowns, even though I will be recording another one right after this. So stay tuned in a couple of days it'll be out. I wanted to do a mock draft. I love mock draft. It's mock draft season. And what better way to piss everybody off than to put out who their team should get and who I think some trades. I got uh, several trades in this draft built up, a full first-round mock draft, so not just the 49ers. I'm going to go through everything, and the goal of this draft is very, very easy. Um, I want to guess what the teams will do, not necessarily what they should do. Now, obviously, my rankings and film study and all those things are in effect. Um, but what I actually think teams will do based off of GMs, coaching schemes, things like that, uh, certain preference of players and, you know, different things like that. So we're going to go through all 32 picks and I hope you enjoy this and please let me know who you hate and what you like. There is nothing better than when people get pissed off about a mock draft. I don't know why. Um, I just absolutely love it. So Without further ado, let's just jump straight into this. I have the Cardinals picking uh, number one and trading out. Well, everybody has the Cardinals picking number one, but I have them trading out. And there, there's lots of things here. You know, we have such a high degree variable at the top because the Cardinals could go so many directions. You know, the majority of people in the NFL have Nick Bosa as the number one player on the board. Uh, pass rusher is so important, but the only position more important than pass rusher is quarterback. And there are very few. You know, there's. You could say this is a weak quarterback class, and I would agree with you, especially compared to last year. Last year was elite quarterback class. But it doesn't matter if you like this quarterback class or not. There are a few starting quarterbacks, possibly franchise quarterbacks in here, and we have seen in the past that they jump to the top. And whenever you have so many teams that need quarterbacks in this draft, it's going to change things. Um, You know, just a real quick running through things, and I'm not going to spend this much time on every single pick. But this one affects everybody, and the way the first rep, first pick goes is going to affect so many things, domino theory. But you have the Giants at 6, need a quarterback. Jacksonville at 7, need a quarterback. Denver at 10. Yes, I know they did the Flacco trade, and they only gave up a fourth rounder, but he's 34 years plus and do a lot of money. He is not the long-term solution for a brand-new head coach and a GM. So they will be adding a quarterback in this draft. I guarantee you that. If it's first round, who knows? But they're picking at 10. Um, is Andy Dalton the answer? 
Spencer at 11 for the Bengals? I don't think so. Miami, probably the most quarterback-needy team in the entire NFL. They move on from Tannehill. They have nothing else there. Washington, yes, Alex Smith, they're paying him money, but he may never play again after that terrible break. So he is a player. Tennessee, are they sold with Marcus Mariota? Not sure. And then now we're in the 20s. And this is a whole different type of need of quarterback. These are the older quarterbacks that came out way back in the 2004 and 5 draft that have been playing forever. Uh, Big Ben, he talked about retiring three years ago. Are they going to get a quarterback? There's rumors of Seattle trading Russell Wilson. Is that going to take place? I don't think it will. But, you know, that's a possibility. Oakland, you know, they're picking everywhere. They have three picks in the first round. Are they sold on Carr? Um, I wouldn't be personally. I'm not the biggest fan. I think he's a decent quarterback, but I don't think you win a championship with him. If you were competing now and I was the Raiders, I would keep him. But if we're rebuilding and we got three first-round picks, I would be listening to offers. Um, so anyway, uh, the Chargers, you know, Philip Rivers, how long is he going to play? And then, of course, New England picking last. Tom Brady is plus 40. So these are teams that are – do they start to plan for the future? So you're talking 10-plus teams that are going to need quarterback, and somebody's going to move up. So in this first-round, Mac, I have the Jaguars trading up to the number one overall spot um, from seven, and I have them giving up the number seven, the number 69 overall pick, an early third-rounder, the number 94 pick, uh, sorry, 98 pick. Uh, the compensation picks are out, so now we have those actual picks in. Um, the number nine, 98 pick, so into the third round. And then a 2021st, so two first rounds and two se- two third rounders. And it, I understand if you look at the de- draft pick trade chart that Jimmy Johnson put together, which I know a lot of people say, oh, you can't go by that. Well, the need for these quarterbacks is not as high. The demand for these quarterbacks is not as high as we saw with Carson Wentz, as we saw with Jared Goff. So they're going to be paying right at where uh, the trade chart says. I know that in the past people have been fleeced by moving up, but if you look at every team that's moved up for a quarterback in the past four years, they're all happy. Nobody moved up and traded a lot of draft capital and are not pleased with what they got. You know, the Eagles won a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz as a quarterback, you know, Nick Foles was definitely the guy there, but he got him there. Uh, Jared Goff, they lost the Super Bowl this year. Um, even the teams last year, you know, Darnold, absolutely awesome. Mayfield, great. Even Josh Allen, who I wasn't a fan of, had a decent season, showed some flashes, and Josh Rosen. So we have them trading back, and the Cardinals are taking Dwayne Haskins, quarterback, Ohio State. Now, Dwayne Haskins is an absolute stud in the most traditional quarterback there is and what I mean by that is he's a big bodied pocket passer I know Steve Smith said he is a mobile quarterback but Steve Smith doesn't know what the hell he's talking about Uh, 90% of the time he doesn't watch film he doesn't even know who's on the teams but whatever Uh, so Dwayne Haskins going first overall quarterback quarterbacks are going to go early which if this happens now we move on to the second overall pick with the 49ers they're going ecstatic Uh, the fact that Nick Bosa the number one player on the board Uh, The most important position for the 49ers is they have their quarterback situation handled with Jimmy G and Nick Mullins. Uh, They get the pass rusher of their dreams, Nick Bosa, falling to number two. This is a dream scenario. Now, if Nick Bosa is gone, look for the 49ers to fall out. Uh, They may be in love with Josh Allen. Um, I I love Josh Allen. I'd be fine taking him number two overall. But if you remember, Robert Saleh talked trash on (laughs) Josh Allen for pulling out of the Senior Bowl and was very upset about that. So that kind of makes me a little wary of that pick. But uh, Nick Bosa going number two overall. Third pick, we got another trade. The Jets trade 
Um, to the Broncos. I got the Broncos jumping up, and yes, I did this after the Flacco trade. Uh, why not get the quarterback now for Flacco, and let's coach this young guy up. And Drew Locke has an arm. You're talking about two of the top ten passing arms in the NFL day one with you know, Flacco, even though he's older, he's still got a cannon, and Drew Locke out of Missouri, the quarterback. So the Broncos get the number three overall pick, and the Jets get the number 10 and number 41 pick this year, plus a 2020 second-round pick. So, uh, you know, they're they're dropping back, but not too far because, you know, Denver picks at 10. So you're dropping back just a handful of picks, seven. They might have to pay a little bit more than this, but I don't think so. Uh, the Jets are a team... You know, obviously, they've got a lot of core pieces in place. And if they can get back and still get something, we'll jump to what the Jets are going to pick. But this is a great, very team-friendly trade for the Broncos. And if they do not jump up in front of the Giants at six, they're going to be missing out. So uh, they're going to be trying to get up because the Giants are going to be taking a quarterback as long as one of the top three guys are there, I believe. So, um, yeah, I get it. You know, again, Flacco has already been picked there. But Drew Locke, he might not be your number two quarterback, but he fits that system absolutely perfectly. If you look at every quarterback that John Elway has brought into uh, the Denver Broncos, none of them have been mobile. Paxton Lynch was probably the most mobile, but he didn't work out. Peyton Manning, the least mobile quarterback in the history of the NFL probably, especially whenever he won the Super Bowl there. Um, you bring in Flacco, he doesn't move. You bring in Case Keenum, he moves around a little bit, good pocket awareness, but definitely not very mobile. Um, so he fits what they're doing. Yeah, Kyler Murray I think is a more valuable quarterback prospect, but as far as what I think the Broncos will do, trade up and they get their quarterback of the future in Drew Locke. Now this goes number four to the Oakland Raiders, and they get Josh Allen, um, edge, best case scenario. I, I think this is the absolute floor for Josh Allen is pick number four. He could go as high as number two. Um, you know, the 49ers, it, it's been really interesting because the 49ers and Raiders draft history last year started everything with Shanahan versus Gruden. Uh, you know, they did the coin toss for the number nine overall pick, 49ers won. They got Mike McGlinchey, one of the best tackles in the entire draft. And the Raiders had to trade out. They traded out, and they went with Colton Miller. Colton Miller was absolute trash, and, you know, just one pick difference. They lose here again. Not that Josh Allen's really losing. He is much closer to Nick Bosa than Colton Miller was to McGlinchey. But, again, they don't get the top-tier prospect. But Raiders fans, you know, they're replacing their edge rusher that they traded away. So there you go. Bucks at five. They get top-tier talent. Quinnen Williams, um, you know, it seems like the Bucks are probably going to keep Gerald McCoy. There were rumors they were going to let him go, but why not get just another stud interior lineman? That defense was absolutely terrible, and a lot of people are going to argue Quinnen Williams is the second best player in this draft, uh, defensive tackle for Alabama. So uh, great uh, just value pick here in the top five, getting one of the blue chip players. All right, now this is where it's going to get crazy. Are you ready? The Giants are on the board at six, and they trade out. Even though a quarterback is on there with Kyle Murray, but guess what? Kyler Murray does not fit prototypical Giants David Gettleman style, so this is where it gets crazy. The Giants trade out to whom? The Arizona Cardinals. And <laughs> they get the Giants get Josh Rosen. The number 10 overall pick last year, first-round quarterback who, you know what? 
let's, let's be really honest here. You know, they've got Cliff Kingsbury, the new quarterback coach, head coach um, in Arizona, and he is on record as saying he would take Kyler Murray, the first overall pick, and this works out perfect for them because they traded out from the Jaguars to get a bunch of talent, and now they're going to get Kyler Murray just for giving up their quarterback last year, Josh Rosen's. I would prefer Josh Rosen personally to Kyler Murray, but they trade him out, and they get Josh Rosen and the number 94 overall pick. So they are getting a first and a late, late third, uh, essentially, a late third. And what happens is the Cardinals, they're going to get the number six pick, and they use it on the quarterback that Cliff Kingsbury wants. Kyler Murray, absolutely perfect situation for them, and it doesn't cost them an arm and a leg. Plus, they still have all the draft capital, and guess what? Because of the Jags trade earlier, they bump up a spot. So they get a pick back-to-back, -back, number six and number seven, and you just got Kyler Murray. Everybody's going crazy. They get a pick again. The best thing that they can do then is, why not protect your new quarterback that only weighs about 190 pounds in Kyler Murray? You get Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle, out of Florida, and you protect that new investment. I mean, this would be unreal. You're talking, you know, three main acquisitions already in the top seven picks for the Cardinals. They jump out of one, then they move their current franchise quarterback all the way across the country to the Giants. Uh, the Giants get their quarterback. And Josh Rosen, who would step in perfectly behind Eli Manning. Uh, you wouldn't have to change anything with that offense. Uh, you, you got Josh Rosen, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham. That would be just an absolute blast. And the Cardinals, again, you, you get an offensive tackle to protect your quarterback, and you get probably one of the most electrifying young quarterbacks that will fit this system to a T for Cliffs Kingsbury. Why not? This is what mock drafts are for, right? Having a lot of fun. Um, eighth. We got the Lions. They're going to take Greedy Williams, cornerback out of LSU. And I really do think that the Lions are really a corner away from having a stellar secondary. You know, Darius Slay, Quandre Diggs are absolutely incredible. Uh, Matt Patricia could have a lot of fun with this team and actually be competitive if he could just get out of their way. Um, he had a pretty rough year one coaching. Um, but anyway, I, I think that this would be huge. Now, as far as cornerback ranks go, there's really three top-tier corners, and it's really just pick of the litter uh, based off of what you are looking for for your system. Um, Greedy Williams is going to be a liability in the run game for sure, but, I mean, we know what happens with LSU corners. When the ball is in the air, unbelievable length, um, just great cornerback. He, he is absolutely incredible. Uh, pick nine with the Bills. They go offensive tackle Jonah Williams out of Alabama. Now, I know some people are saying Jonah Williams might not be long enough to be tackle, but I'm telling you right now, he would be an improvement over what they have completely and help protect their young quarterback. So uh, in, in worst-case scenario, you try him out at tackle and it doesn't work out. You move him to right tackle. If that doesn't work out, you kick him inside. He's going to be just fine and will be a starter day one. Um, so, and it gives you a lot of versatility too, because now you can bring one less offensive lineman on your active roster if he does shake out and you can save that spot. Now, number 10 from the Jets. Now they, uh, in the trade back from the Broncos, they get Cleland Farrell edge out of Clemson. Absolutely insane value. They pick up several different draft picks and, you know, they got an extra second and third rounder. And then on top of that, they get a top five talent in the draft. I love Cleland Farrell. He is the definition of consistent uh, edge pressure that can stop the run. He's going to improve your run game. 
and he's going to help with your pass rush. Uh, Cleland is just such a clean prospect in this class that has produced against the top-level talent. Um, absolutely incredible. Now, number 11, the Bengals are on the board. Quarterbacks are gone, so they're going to focus defense. They're going to get Devin White, linebacker out of LSU, and this is incredible because that defense is a mess. You know, Vontez Perfect's done. They drafted Malik Jefferson out of Texas the year before. That hasn't really worked out. Why not go get this guy? Absolute prototypical prototypical linebacker, day one starter that's just going to fly sideline to sideline and just be incredible. Now, number 12, the Packers. I have them taking my draft crush. I love this kid. I know there's going to be some flack on this for Twitter. That's okay. Don't care. Jalen Ferguson, edge out of Louisiana Tech. Adore this kid. I have him closer to Josh Allen and Nick Bosa, then I have him to that second tier of Cleveland Farrell and guys like Polite and Burns. I love Jalen Ferguson. You know, all-time leading sack leader in the NCAA. I understand he played at Louisiana Tech. But whenever you put in the film and you watch him play against SEC opponents uh, like Mississippi and like LSU, he's the best player on the field and it's not close. His bend, athleticism, and consistency is legit. Absolutely love Jalen Ferguson. Now, you're not going to see him at the Combine, and this is an absolute joke. The kid got in a fight uh, his freshman year in college at a McDonald's late at night with another teenager, and this is still haunting him. And this is part of the NFL trying to crack down on domestic violence. I get it. Uh, the problem is... This is a kid who's gone four years and done what's right, and we need to get him in front of teams and in front of people and figure out if he's passed those issues. So I, I understand what the NFL is trying to do, but whenever you announce it the exact same week that the Browns signed Kareem Hunt, this is the double standard that human beings can look through. Uh, it's just absolutely bonkers the way that they punish a kid who got in a fight whenever he was 17 years old and reward Kareem Hunt for what happened there. But anyway, I digress. So real quick, I want to just thank our sponsors. Man, Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. These guys are the best. They've been with us for a while. Just really appreciate it. We just recently finished up our giveaway, a Roger Craig autographed jersey. I was sad to send that one out, but uh, my boy Travis won it. Just want to say thanks for your support. He just tweeted out um, you know, the picture of the jersey and stuff. So we do send them out, um, and we're going to have some more giveaways coming from them uh, in the future so stay tuned if you haven't already follow me on twitter that's where you're going to get all that at jl underscore chapman and make sure you check them out game day sports memorabilia.com they have everything all of your sporting goods needs they got it all so real quick let's jump over we are now to number 13 with the dolphins and i think that the dolphins are probably one of the most intriguing teams as far as the nfl draft goes you know brand new coaching staff they're getting rid of Tannehill. what are they going to do and this is a team that i could see doing one of two things i think they're going to try to jump up and get one of the top tier qbs and if they don't get to do that, I could see them falling down. Uh, it's basically, are we going to try to land one of the top QBs and try to be relative and com uh, you know compete now? Or do we just bail out of the first round completely and stock up for the 2020 QB class? I know we always say the next year is going to be the year, but the Dolphins are going to be interesting because I could see them jumping up or trading back down depending on if uh what all's there but in this situation they actually have a quarterback follow him daniel jones quarterback out of kentucky this kid is 
the Eli Manning clone, <laughs> coached by David Cutcliffe. Very similar game tape. Cannot move at all. Um, nice arm and just would be a nice fit because, you know, with the coaching staff coming over from New England, it, it just seems to fit what they do. So they've got to get a quarterback. They're going to be the leaders in the Nick Foles you know, kind of sweepstakes if they get him. But even if they do get Nick Foles, I still think that they address a quarterback some point in this draft. Pick 14. Man, a lot of people are really big for the Falcons. And Brian Burns, edge out of Florida State. I know a lot of the Niners are huge on Brian Burns. And I get it. The kid could play. His highlight tape is unreal. Some of the best bend and hand usage. However, my problem with Brian Burns in this game today, I'm pretty low on him compared to everybody else. I do think that he goes in the first round because it's such a premier position pass rusher, but he is beyond inconsistent. And if you watch a full game tape start to end, you start to get pretty frustrated. As, as a former coach myself, Man, whenever you have those players that, you know, you look like you go all out on one play, then you take two plays off, it is just, ah, it makes you sick to your stomach. So whenever I see that on film, you know, I'm definitely biased. I knock him big time on that. But again, you go watch his highlight tapes and what everybody throws up on Twitter, those little clips, you're just like, holy cow. And probably the most flack I've gotten this year is on Brian Burns, and that's okay. Uh, I'm going to grade what I see. And what I, I like the kid, not saying he cannot be a superstar, but whenever you have so much film on a kid and you see it game after game after game, it just kind of bothers me a little bit. I don't like it, guys, that have a switch. I want him to go crazy at all times. So, uh, pick 15, we got another trade. Um, Washington trades out to the Raiders. And, again, Washington and Miami, they're going to be linked in this draft because – both are beyond quarterback needy teams. You know, Washington knows they need a lot of help. Uh, Alex Smith may never play again. And so what are they going to do? All of the quarterbacks are pretty much gone. So let's trade out and let's get something. And the Raiders, you know, I, I had the Raiders early on. They got Josh Allen at the fourth overall pick, which, you know, they're going to be ecstatic about. And this one, why not? They jump up. They give up number 24 and number 66 overall to get Raiders. Uh, the Raiders get the number 15 pick, and they stay with edge rusher, and they get Ja'Kai Polite, the guy that they would have been happy settling on if you know Josh Allen wasn't there that early because he fits exactly what they do on defense, and they double up. They say, you know what? We are going to end all of that talk about us not having sacks and an edge rusher when we traded away Khalil Mack. Well, we're going to fix that. We're going to get two edge players to come off the edge on both sides and this would just be a slam dunk for the Raiders to get you know not only Josh Allen but also Ja'Kai Polite and man that would just instantly turn that defense around and Washington if they can't get a quarterback look for them to start to rebuild which is going to be hard on Gruden I'm not sure if he goes through another rebuilding year if he will be able to retain that job which I think he's done a hell of a job I really do keeping that team competitive now, pick number 16, the Panthers. I got them going Ed Oliver, defensive lineman out of Houston. And I really hate probably one of my biggest kind of things that I'm upset about with this draft is that Ed Oliver fell to 16. But it's a super heavy D lineman class. Do you grade Ed Oliver as an edge? Do you put him as a tackle? Do you put him in a 3-4, in a 4-3? The, there's a lot of questions to this kid, and I think that he will be successful in all of them. But, again, he's a tweener prospect with just amazing athleticism that probably should go top seven. 
Um, but, you know, I have them here falling just because it's such a deep class, and there are a lot of teams like 49ers that really need that edge, true edge presence. And so it's weird. The NFL, you know, we have Aaron Donald, and Aaron Donald is in a tier of his own. But whenever you look outside of that at these interior defensive line athletes, guys like Gerald McCoy, they almost just let them walk out the door. They almost cut them. You got guys like Muhammad Wilkerson they let go. Sheldon Richardson gets traded, and then they don't resign him. There's all of these players that are these great kind of, you know, in-betweeners in the middle. Yeah, it seems like in the draft, teams value them. But they're not being resigned or paid. And Dominican Soon's been with four teams in about four years. So, w- what do we do? Uh, he will be with four teams after this year. I don't think that the Rams are going to bring him back. So, I-, I think that there's a little bit of, I don't know, the value is leaving this position. But that's what it is. Uh, pick number 17, we have the Browns. They take Byron Murphy, cornerback out of Washington. Absolutely love this guy. I have a top three corners um, in my top tier, and Brian Murphy is definitely one of them. This kid can absolutely play. I got DeAndre Baker, and then, of course, Greedy Williams up there. Just depends on what you want. And Byron Murphy, man, secondary players out of Washington under Chris Peterson are just – they do a hell of a job with their defense. Um, I really do believe Chris Peterson is one of the top two coaches uh, in college football as far as development, player development. You go back to Boise State and what he was doing there. The guy's unreal. And so the Browns get another amazing corner, Denzel Ward. You know, would have had no issue with him being defensive rookie of the year, but uh, just an absolute lights-out season by the linebacker out of uh, Indianapolis who just crushed it all year. But Denzel Ward's amazing, and they just stepped this defense up. And so I really, really like that pick. 18 Vikings. Yadni Kajus, uh, offensive tackle, O-lineman out of Stanford. Really like this guy. And probably one of the worst offensive lines in the entire league, the Vikings. They've got to do something. Um, You know, last year... It was just rough. You know, Kirk Cousins, people think that he might have had a bad year. I don't think so. (laughs) Over 70% completion percentage, 35 touchdowns, 4,000 yards. Uh, The the guy played pretty well. The problem with Kirk Cousins is he sucks in prime time. So if he is on your TV, usually he's having a bad game. He is just unbelievable, but nobody's watching. So get him some help. Uh, Helps the run game, helps everything. And then pick number 19, Rashawn Gary. Defensive lineman out of Michigan, again, very similar to Ed Oliver in the fact that, man, what do you do with this kid? Yeah, the athleticism, former number one overall player coming out of high school, I get it. The Titans get him at 19. I I have a hard time seeing him fall out of 20. And this is a kid that could go top five, which I would not personally. And again, another guy that I catch a lot of flack for on Twitter because I don't like his film. There's zero production, and then all the Michiganders say, well, that's not his job. His job's to take up blocks, and that's what they do there. Well, uh, maybe on first and second down, but not third down. And the fact that he never gets any sacks or even close to the quarterback most times bothers me very, very much. So uh, not a Rashawn Gary fan, but I have him going number 19. So I guess I am. I have him first-round grade on him. It's just I don't have him in that elite tier. In fact, I have him in the third tier. I have him down well below guys like Brian Burns, Ja'Kai Polite, Jalen Ferguson. I don't have him in that tier. He's in a whole nother ways down. And our last pick for today's podcast is number 20. We are going to pick up and do a part two of this draft. And we're going to go all the way up through the second round 
through the 49ers pick. So it'd be 21 all the way through the 49ers. I'm a little biased. I'm a Niners guy. So I got to reward those guys on what they're going to do in the second round. So I don't want to keep going too long, but it's going to be out quick. So number 20 overall, the Steelers, they go secondary again. Why not? They get DeAndre Baker, cornerback out of Georgia again. Uh, the last guy that I have in that top tier as far as cornerbacks go, and he is just unreal. And it's funny. The defense, uh, Steelers have gone defense in the first round seven straight years. <laughs> seven straight years they have gone defense in the first round. And this is the Steelers. Um, it's just kind of who they are, the type of football they play. And DeAndre Baker will be the first corner that fits what they do. I, I really do believe that he is going to be probably the Steelers' number one overall corner on their big board. And a lot of it just depends on what it is you're looking for in a corner. You know, a mirror and match guy that just has great feet and can shadow a guy like Greedy Williams? Or do you want a physical, just absolute beast that wants to come up and hit? And that's what you get in DeAndre Baker. So, we will have another episode out. I'm going to record it right now, back to back, and it will be out in one day. So I'm going to edit this one, throw it up on the site. So feel free to listen to this one and then just stay tuned. We got another one coming. If you haven't already, please head over, hit subscribe on iTunes. That helps us the most. Leave us a review. Tell me what you think and be honest. I, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, leave a five-star review. If you think this is a three-star podcast, please put that on there and just tell me why. I want to improve and bring you guys the best draft content and 49ers stuff out there. But thanks for listening, and stay strong, faithful. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.